0: Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. We're starting to get close to. The end of Mark's gospel account. We're reading from Mark chapter 13 together today. And as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us. When will these things be, and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places, there will be famines these are but the beginning of the birth pains but be on your guard for they will deliver you over to councils and you will be beaten in synagogues and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations and when they bring you to trial and deliver you over do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say but say whatever is given you in that hour For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child. And children will rise against parents who have and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. But when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not to be, let the reader understand and if the lord had not cut short the days no human being would be saved but for the sake of the elect whom he chose he shortened the days and then if any one of you sa- if anyone says to you look here is the christ or look there he is do not believe it for false christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray if possible the elect but be on guard i have told you all things beforehand but in those days, after that tribulation, and the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. This text starts out with the disciples being really amazed by how exquisite the temple building is itself. Um, I don't know as much about Herod's temple, which is the one that this one is. Uh, I know Solomon's temple is estimated to have been a building that would cost about a couple of billion dollars. Um, and that was you know, several years ago. It might be a few billion dollars at this point uh, if we had a modern estimate. So the original temple was... Had gold pretty much everywhere uh, it just would have been a beautiful sight to behold So if Herod went to such great detail, I don't know but even what he did do whatever it was he he built for them They they were still impressed by it. They were still uh, overjoyed to see it um, and So they're just marveling the disciple one disciple who's who said this is just marveling at this building and Jesus says not one stone will be left on another." So the disciple is is fixed on the building, he's amazed by what his eyes see, and Jesus tells him the day's coming when this is gonna be destroyed. It's a harsh word to hear, but that's actually a judgment that's referenced throughout this chapter. In the year 70 AD, the Roman Empire is going to crush the city of Jerusalem, just absolutely destroy it, and the temple is destroyed. So that's the picture that Jesus, that's the judgment that Jesus is going to be referring to, again, throughout this chapter. Your second section, uh, in my Bible subtitle is Signs of the End of the Age, and it's a twofold um, picture that we're going to be getting here. Uh, both the Roman destruction of Jerusalem, but also the end times, the return of Christ. Both pictures are going to be in mind in this chapter, so, so bear with me as we walk through it. First, uh, they're at the Mount of Olives. We've seen them there before, uh, near Bethany and Bethphage, just outside of Jerusalem. We have Peter, James, John, and Andrew. Those are the first four disciples that Jesus called in the context of this book, back in chapter 1. And they ask Jesus to tell them more about this destruction he had just mentioned. And so Jesus does. He goes into the details about what they'll see first. And first is the idea of false teachers. Some who will literally say, I am he, I am Jesus, I am the Christ. If you hear that, ignore it. And that's just as true today. If you see someone claiming to be Jesus today, ignore it. When Jesus returns on the last day, you'll know. The whole world will know. Somehow, and this is beyond our understanding, but the scriptures teach that every eye will see him, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. So you don't have to worry about Jesus coming and you missing it, it's not gonna happen. When Jesus truly comes, you will know, and the whole world will know. It'll be a sight to behold. So if you see a prophet, if you see a man wandering around claiming to be Jesus, he's a fraud. He's a false teacher, and he's seeking to lead people away from God. So we, we reject that. We, we're told to be alert for that and not allow, allow such deception to happen. Now, this text also calls for wars, rumors of wars, nations fighting against nations, kingdoms fighting against kingdoms, earthquakes and famines. This is one you can ask your children about. Let them walk through those. If they're a little older, they can give examples. If they're younger, you might just wanna talk about what some of these things are. What is an earthquake? What is a famine? What does this mean? Uh, And then for the little kids, you can talk about how these things are happening all over the world and do happen have happened for your older kids. They might actually be able to start identifying some of these events. They might be able to recall an earthquake, especially if you live in an area that has earthquakes. They might know from from studying or from the news about a time of famine. They certainly know rumors of wars. Those things happen every day. We're hearing rumor of war. So these kinds of things are all happening already. Then Jesus transitions uh, into the punishment, the, the, no, the, the persecution the disciples will endure. They'll be delivered over to councils, the Sanhedrin, for example. Today, the courts, as this is still happening, beaten in the synagogues, so the disciples are beaten for sharing the gospel, forced to stand before governors and kings for my sake. Festus. Felix in the book of Acts, King Herod, um, well, King Caesar, the emperor, all these kinds of people, the disciples go before them and they preach the gospel. Sometimes it's heard. Sometimes it isn't. We're not in control of that. And that's what the next part gets at. Um, this is, goes for all of us. In those moments when you are brought before your governing authority to to give an account of what you're preaching, of the gospel that you're sharing, of what you believe, the hope that is in you, as Peter would phrase it in 1 Peter 3, don't be worried about what you'll say. You're called to be faithful. God will be the one who speaks for you, through you. Um, now, the challenge, if, you, if, you, if you're still struggling with that, I would encourage you to be in God's Word. Fill your mind with Scripture. Because then when those moments come what you'll end up speaking will be God's Word It'll be straight out of Scripture and that's a blessing. So The Lord will speak for you It's like Exodus, I think chapter 14 where Moses tells the Israelites the Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent The Lord will speak for us He has promised to do so very specific moment though not all the time you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Christians today fall into the trap of wanting people to like them like us but bear in mind the world hated Jesus because the because Jesus came to to destroy their sin and they love their sin. So if they don't have faith in Christ, if they don't trust Christ, they hate him. They hate his call to repentance. They hate everything about him. If they hate him, they're gonna hate you for following him. This is just as much true today as it was then. Um, And I think many Christians are starting to feel this is more true perhaps for them than it has been in their life before. Uh, Many are concerned it's gonna get worse. You don't have to be concerned about that. It may indeed get worse, but if it does, remember the words Jesus has spoken elsewhere. Blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, blessed are those who are insulted uh, for the name of Christ. This is, that's Peter, First Peter chapter 4. The first one was from Matthew 5. Peter even calls, I think it's chapter 2 of that letter, he calls suffering a gift from God. So as a church, we have to change our perspective on that. Um, American culture teaches us suffering is bad, pain is bad. But the Bible teaches us that if we suffer or endure pain on account of Christ, it is good that we are actually sharing in the suffering of Christ. And as we share in his suffering, so we will also share in his glory. Verse 14, that paragraph Um, The abomination of desolation is a reference to the Roman Empire coming and sacking uh, Jerusalem. Mark sticks in his own little note there, let the reader understand. Um, That's an author's note trying to encourage thinking on that matter. Who is the abomination of desolation is what he's encouraging them to, which is interesting. Again, we're talking about how this is being written to, to the Romans. And so it's written... Maybe the, maybe around 50. So as this letter goes around and, and makes its rounds, uh, the Romans who are reading this, not the not, sorry, not necessarily the people in charge, but just your everyday Romans who are reading this letter, they might be seeing this. They might be seeing the persecution that's already falling upon the Christians. They might be hearing of plots to destroy the city of Jerusalem. These things might already be on their, on their ears and, and even their lips. As they speak them themselves so it's a call for them to see it there's the next couple of verses point out the idea that there's not going to be time when you see the army run don't think you can do other stuff don't try and go back into your house and get your favorite stuff just run because this destruction is going to come swiftly when it starts um jesus encourages them to pray that it doesn't happen in the harshness of winter, that they would be running and fleeing for their lives at that time. And a bit of sorrow for those who are pregnant or nursing because it would be harder for them to flee. Uh, At the end of that, again, be on guard against the false prophets, the false Christ that would come and try and lead you astray. The next paragraph then takes this destruction and it moves it from 70 AD, it moves it to Christ's return on the last day, Um, the end time return of Jesus. All kinds of things here, sun darkened, moon, stars, the stars are going to fall from heaven. That sounds similar to what happened when the devil and his angels fell from heaven. Uh, The book of Revelation talks about it that way, but that was past, this is future. And this is the actual stars that you think of when you look in the sky. Heaven and earth will pass away. That's verse 31. But my words will not pass away. It's a question to ask the kids there. Is that something we should be afraid of? Should should heaven and earth passing away when Jesus returns scare us? The answer to that is no. Because Christ will be with you. Christ will save you. He will rescue you from that. And he's making a new heaven. And he's making a new earth. To give to you. And so you can talk about those, uh, those gifts and, and how wonderful paradise will be, and share with your children what you know about Christ's promise of the, the life that we will live forevermore. So verse 30 was a reference to the destruction of Rome, verse 31 is a reference to Christ's return in the end. Verse 32, that no one knows the day or the hour is a reference to Christ's second coming when heaven and earth will pass away. And he says, not even, not the angels, not even the sun. Jesus himself doesn't know. Most theologians will tell you that that's because he is limited in his human, um, as he's taken on human flesh, he chose willingly to limit some of his divine power. While he was in this world. But now that he's raised from the dead. And ascended into heaven. that That is no longer the case. And so now the son does know. I'm comfortable with the idea. That even now the son doesn't know. Um, Jesus said it. I'm okay with it. So take that one how you will. The father has a plan to save you. He has a plan to send his son Jesus again. And Jesus doesn't have to know. The day or the hour. Because the father does. And when it comes he'll send his son. And Jesus will come. Jesus will do what the Father gives him to do in that moment. So maybe he knows, maybe he doesn't. I'm not sure. I'm also not sure that it <laughs> really matters to us either. Um, because we don't know. And you will hear false prophets all the time in this world telling you they know. They know when Jesus is coming back. They know when the end is going to happen. They know when the rapture will take place. And Lutherans don't believe there will be such a thing as the rapture as they teach. So when you hear those things, just know it's foolish talk, and they're renouncing the word of God. Christ warns us, lastly, here to stay awake. The picture is of a master who leaves his servants to take care of his home while he goes on a journey. The master could return at any time. It's not a literal thing about being asleep. It's, it's don't be caught off guard by the master's return. So always be alert always be ready always be living the life that you're supposed to live so if you're a servant in a house of a master do what the master told you to do as he went on his journey and when he comes back may he find you doing what he gave you to do if he gave you the responsibility of taking care of his house and and taking care of the garden and when he comes back there you are the garden's nice the flowers are growing good and if, but if he comes back and you've trashed his home, um, thinking that you could fix it up before he came, you'd have time, and he comes back before that, well, shame on you, and it's not good for you. It won't end well for you. And that's the picture here for the church as well. God has given you something to do. You're called to live for him. You can ask your children, "What what is it that God has given you to do? And the answer there is love God, love your neighbor, share the faith with others, when God comes back, when Jesus returns into this world, if it's while you're still alive, may he find you loving your neighbor and loving him rather than living life however you want to live life. That's the point here. That's the function. So tomorrow uh, we'll see them beginning to, to well, to kill Jesus. We're coming up on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of Holy Week. Praise